And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Ready to form Voltron! This is a job for Superman. Power Rangers! Right away, Michael. Autobots, transform! By the power of Grayskull! For the honor of Grayskull! I'm the Doctor. On April 18, 1938, Action Comics No. 1 went on sale, introducing the world to not only Superman, but also the concept of the superhero. Eighty years later, on April 18, 2018, Action Comics No. 1000 went on sale, becoming the first U.S. comic to reach 1,000 issues, and also kicking off Superman's 80th birthday celebration. I wanted to somehow celebrate this momentous occasion, but I wasn't sure how, so, I mean, I could go over the history of Superman like I just did with Voltron, but that would take far too long, and has already been done many, many, many times by those way more capable and with more time to devote to it than I do. So, I thought I'd just devote a little bit of time here to reflect on Superman in my life, you know, since this is a show about, you know, me and what I like. Mostly about what I like, but anyway. In June 1992... I already knew quite a bit about Superman. I'd seen the movies. I'd been introduced to him on the Super Friends TV shows. I'd watched the Superman animated show. I'd seen the Superboy TV series. But, by, but at that point, my family moved from Laurel, Maryland to Severn, Maryland. And when I started school that fall, I almost immediately became the victim of bullying. I suppose it makes sense. I mean, I was a shy, quiet kid didn't know anyone, and had no friends to support me, and the bullying didn't really help at all. Uh, fortunately, I had gotten an issue of Batman that in my Christmas stocking that Christmas that at least provided me with a little bit of an escape, a private escape that I didn't have to share with anyone, like with TV. Uh, from that issue, I was able to subscribe to my first comic series, and an ad in one issue led me to a mail-order comic shop in California. I decided to try to get the oldest issues I could afford, which led me to getting issues of Superman and Superboy from all the way back in that bygone year of 1980, which just happened to be the year I was born. As such, while reading about Superman and Superboy, I was also reading about Clark Kent, who at the time was portrayed as shy, quiet, did not have many friends, and was bullied both during his school days and as an adult. I also started watching TV shows like Batman and Power Rangers, which w provided a great escape, but I didn't have the connection I had with Superman and Superboy thanks to Clark being bullied so much. <clears throat> and thanks to that, I actually managed to find a grounding and an escape 
gave me a little bit of a fantasy to help me get through my days. And thanks to all that, I managed to survive middle school. Luckily, I managed to keep my grades up enough to be accepted to a private high school, which meant that I didn't have to deal with those bullies anymore. I mean, granted, I was the new kid again, but it was a little easier this time. People were a little more mature, including myself. I kind of knew what kind of people to avoid and uh, a little bit more of how to act so I wouldn't be bullied so much. I kinda, It kind of was a reset button if you really want to get into it. Uh, and I managed to make a few friends in high school, which made things a little easier. So I guess you could say he kind of saved me. But anyway, I don't want to get too far into that. That's sappy. But that's my connection with Superman, and it's why I have such a connection to the character to this day, and why I'm going to spend the next however long it's going to take me to talk about two issues of Superboy comics that came out around the time I was born. But I'm going to do that after this break. Charlie's GeekCast will return after these promos. Stay. What? Uh, have you ever read uh, a Superman comic? Not in the last few hours. Oh, uh, I was just checking, right? Just checking. Hey, everyone. My name is Michael Bailey, and I have been a fan of Superman for as long as I can remember. In 1987, I started collecting the Superman comics as a going concern, which led me down a long and winding comic book-filled path to 2007 when I first started podcasting. Well, it's 2017, and because it's been 10 years since I started podcasting, and 30 years since I started reading Superman full-time, I thought it might be fun to start a new show called It All Comes Back to Superman. It All Comes Back to Superman will be my monthly reaffirmation of my Kryptonian faith, where I will pick out something about the Man of Steel and discuss it. Sometimes I'll be alone. Sometimes I'll have a guest. No matter how many people get involved, Superman will be the focus. It All Comes Back to Superman is part of the Fortress of Bailey Tube podcasting network. New episodes will drop on the 28th of every month. This show and all of the other programs that are part of the Fortress of Bailey Tude podcasting network can be found at www.fortressofbaileytude.com. Welcome to the Superman Fan Podcast. My name is Billy Hogan, and I will be your host. Before we begin our journey through the time barrier, please ensure that your red indestructible capes are securely fastened around your necks so that we may all travel safely into the past to explore the Silver Age adventures of the Man of Steel in the pages of Action Comics, Superman, Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen, Superman's girlfriend Lois Lane, and World's Finest Comics. After we return from our journey... I encourage you to go to the website, the thesupermanfanpodcast.blogspot.com, where you can leave a comment or send an email letting me know what you enjoyed about your trip or what you didn't like and where we need to improve. I look forward to have you join me each week to explore the Silver Age adventures of the Man of Steel at the Superman Fan Podcast. We now return to Charlie's Geekcast. 
The New Adventures of Superboy issues 3 and 4 were cover dated March and April of 1980, were released on December 20th, 1979 and January 24th, 1980 respectively, and each had a cover price of 40 cents. The first issue has more of a green motif where Superman is getting, well, Superman, oh, here we go, where Superboy is getting punched by this new weird-looking superhero who would be actually weird for the 80s, let alone when this is supposed to take place in the roughly late 70s, or late 70s, late 60s. And it, unfortunately, because of the way it's drawn, it looks like Superboy is getting punched in his butt and being sent flying. It's not the most dynamic cover, but it's really, it's really interesting, and it's done by the people on the inside. Ironically, the band f- pictured on the cover, the rock band pictured on the cover, looks nothing like the way the rock band will be portrayed inside the issue. The other cover has more of a purple motif, and actually is more exciting and probably would have gotten my attention better because we actually, sh- it actually is showing Clark ripping his shirt off and his pants have been ripped too to reveal the Superboy costume underneath and he says you may be able to push Clark Kent around but let's see you try it with Superboy so that's kind of cool anyway our story begins believe it or not in the winter of 1980 where a shoe thrown through the television has brought a rather abrupt end to Clark Kent's evening newscast for WGBS the man who threw the shoe Joe Silver, is a 30-year-old who is very unhappy with his life. While he has a promising medical career, he lives a lonely life with no friends and no female companionship. But he has a way to fix all that. He's developed a machine that allows him to separate his astral form from his body when he's asleep. In In this astral form, he can travel back roughly 13 years to when he was a teenager in Smallville. On this particular day, Superboy was keeping an eye on a summer thunderstorm highly charged with electricity. Keep in mind, this is the summer. Anyway, it's a good thing he was keeping an eye on that storm, because despite the storm, that mop-top rock band from Liverpool, that's right, the Doodles, are in the middle of a rehearsal at the Smallville Bowl when Superboy spots a bolt heading towards Mickey, the guitarist. Fortunately, Superboy is faster than a streak of lightning, and after blocking the bolt with his body, he heads back to where he should be, in his gym class at Smallville High, in the summer, where his classmate, Joey Silver, has just passed out after doing too many jumping jacks. While the coach is busy with Joey, Hunk Wales and Bash Bashford spot Clark coming out of the locker room and decide to help quote-unquote, sharpen his skills by throwing a 20-pound medicine ball at him. While Clark recovers, Joey wakes up and tells the jocks to apologize, or else. When they respond by picking him up and taking him over to be forcefully bounced on a trampoline, Joey somehow summons an incredible amount of strength and throws both of them onto the trampoline. This catches the attention of the coach, who sends the jocks to run 10 laps around the gym for playing on the trampoline. Later, when Clark thanks Joey and asks about what he did, Joey has absolutely no idea what he's talking about. Turns out that this is because Joey had basically been possessed by his future self and has no memory of what occurs when the older Joe is in control. 
The next day, after demonstrating his super strength by condensing a car into a two-ton frisbee at a charity show at the county fair, Superboy notices that there are hardly any girls in the audience. Rather than wait till the show's over, he just takes off, and a quick check finds all of the women, or all the females, of various ages, young and old, lined up to pay Joey one dollar for the opportunity to kiss him. That evening at the Doodles concert, Joey shows up in a cost- as a costume man known as Astrolad, but Clark's x-ray vision reveals his real identity and he confronts Joey as Superboy. However, Astrolad uses his amazing powers to send Superboy hur- hurtling off into space toward the sun. After recovering, Superboy spots Astrolad talking to Lana and telling her all about the confrontation. However, Astrolad's plan is to reveal his identity to the world so that Joe Silver can become popular and uses his special powers to reveal his true face to Lana. Unfortunately for him, Superboy uses his heat vision to distort the air in front of Joey's face, making it all blurry for Lana to s- making it too blurry for Lana to see whose face it actually is. When he's when he says his name, Superboy moves fast enough to disrupt the sound with it with a whoosh that prevents Lana from hearing anything that Joey says. When Astrolad goes after Superboy, the Teen of Steel, determining that it, this isn't the time or the place for a major battle, uh, hides behind a building long enough to switch back to Clark, much to Astrolad's chagrin. Later in chemistry class, Joey gets everyone's attention by threatening to cause an explosion at Smallville Dam, but before he can reveal that He's Astrolad. Clark's heat vision causes a reaction in a beaker of chemicals in front of Joey, filling the room with dark smoke and preventing the other students from seeing Joey. After Clark uses the smoke to hide his own change to Superboy, he attempts to reason with Astrolad, explaining that revealing his identity would put his friends and family in danger, but the newcomer won't hear of it and threatens Superboy before leaving. That night, Astrolad crashes into the Kent home kidnaps Clark, and takes him to Deepmoor Caverns, where he reveals everything to Clark. Using the notion that this is all part of Joe's dream, Clark goads the would-be hero into fighting him, leading his clothes to be shredded enough to reveal the Superboy costume underneath. Thinking that this must be his subconscious telling him to stop trying to change history, Joe agrees to return to his own time and try to change his present in the present. Now, first off, boy, am I rusty, because I forgot to mention the creative talent behind these issues. The writer of the of these two issues was Carrie Bates. They were both penciled by Kurt Schaffenberger, inked by Dave Hunt, lettered by Ben Oda. Gene D'Angelo colored the first issue, Jerry Serpe colored the second issue, and both were edited by Julius Schwartz. Now, Kurt Schaffenberger is on this Superboy title because of his classic art style. He first, he first started in comics back in the 40s, working on the Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam, comics. And he later came over to DC, where he became well-known for working on Superman's girlfriend, Lois Lane. And then later in the 60s, he ended up, and early 70s, he also worked on the Supergirl strip when it moved over to Adventure Comics. He would work on and off in the Super... In the super books, uh, thanks to Superman Family, where he would possibly draw the Jimmy Olsen story or some of the covers. He might draw Supergirl. He also drew a lot of Superboy. So when it was time to do a new Superboy title set in the, in a, in the classic Silver Age era, who better to bring it to life 
than the clean art of Kurt Schaffenberger. So going through the issue, I wanted to go over a couple notes. First off, uh, if you note on page two, despite all of his medical achievements and the fact that he's got these grants to do these studies in dreams, Joe has a hole in his sock with his toe sticking out of it. So apparently he can't afford a good sock. And televisions were not exactly cheap even back in 1980. So the fact that he just threw a a shoe through it does it probably means that he's not going to have TV for a while. I hope he likes reading. Okay, moving up to page five. Now, I mentioned that the the Doodles band looks completely different inside than they do out on the cover. Well, on the cover, we have uh, one guy. One guy looks like he's got a, an afro. One guy's wearing linen glasses and has long hair, and another guy has long hair and a goatee. All of them are wearing basically looks like regular button-down shirts, although one of them does look like he's got a... The drummer looks like he's got a bead necklace on. But when you get to the inside, page 5, Mickey, the guitarist, has very much the mop-top hairstyle. Uh, He's got a a kind of shirt that was pretty popular in the late 60s. That uh, I think it's a Japanese style, but anyway, it goes it buttons all the way up to the neck, and he's got beads on. Next page, we see that there appears to be four members of the group: three guitarists and one drummer, which I believe is pretty much the Beatles. Uh, but ironically, by the and you can see three of those members at the bottom of that same page, and they're all wearing the same outfit: green pants, this white shirt that goes all the way up, and the beads around their necks. By the time we get to their actual concert later on, it turns out that there's only three members of the Doodles. The drummer's blonde, not redhead, and they think that when Astrolad shows up that he may be the fourth Doodle. So I'm guessing there was a problem with the art and miscommunication there, because it would make sense for there to be four, you know, if they're trying to mimic the Beatles here or the monkeys, depending on how you want to look at it. Now, Clark says, or Superboy says this is a summer storm, and then he goes back to school. Now, maybe this is very late summer, uh, like in September, and school has just started, or something, or Smallville does the year long, does the all year schooling, but I, I highly doubt that. I don't think that was a thing in the 60s. One of the things about the artwork here is that uh, it's kind of annoying the fact that Lana's hair keeps changing with length. Sometimes it goes beyond her shoulders, sometimes it only goes to her shoulders. It, it, it's very confusing. The only thing that stays the same is that she keeps the hairband. And Astrolad's costume is horrendous. Very much a late 70s, early 80s design, I would I would guess. There's a lot of cool detail in some of the uh, arm and leg bracelet braces and the belt. Uh, but it's all black. It has a V-neck that goes all the way down to the middle of his chest. And he's got this weird-looking mask. He looks nothing like Joe Silver. And so, I mean, I would think that if he wanted to prove he was awesome, he would just be Joe Silver not doing this whole superhero costume. he I mean, it changes the hair length. It puts a mask on his face. The face looks different. It doesn't look like Joe Silver at all. So the, I don't know. I don't know how this was supposed to do anything other than 
yeah. I mean, if this was the idea of a teenager, maybe that would work. But the fact that this is an adult going back in time to try to fix this kind of makes this seem weird. That, and I feel really sorry for Joey, because every time the adult Joe leaves his body, he's waking up somewhere and has no idea where he is. It's. I feel sorry for the poor kid. That's all I really had to say about the issue. And the reason I picked this story was, one, you get a nice example of, of Clark getting bullied, but you also get an example of this Joey being bullied and going to very extreme lengths to make sure it didn't happen in the past, to try to stop it in the past and allow it to change its future. Apparently, the bullying got to him and he just became kind of a, a bit, little bit of what he considers to be a loser, Mr. Inferiority. So that's that's sad. Looking at the ads, though, the ads are more fun to look at. The inside front cover of both issues has basically pocket-sized vehicles by Corgi. This is a very fam- a very popular ad that a lot of my friends know about. Uh, you've got uh, a Batmobile, Batcopter, and Batcycle, kind of based on the old Adam West Bat- uh, Batman TV show. The Joker has what looks like an ambulance with his face on it. The Penguin has a weird-looking car with an umbrella. There's also a police car. Wonder Woman gets what looks like some kind of a kind of a Corvette with some Wonder Woman stuff on the hood. For some reason, Captain Marvel gets a sports car that looks very futuristic, and I don't know why he needs a car. Superman gets a van. Yeah. He also gets the Supermobile, uh, which... They actually ended up creating a comic story to, in order to help sell that, which has the little arms and the spot for Superman to sit. I don't know if that opens or not. I don't think these are big enough for any figures to kind of go in. But they got the Supermobile, a van, the Daily Planet helicopter, which is basically the helicopter looks just like the helicopter from Superman the movie that Lois uh, ends up having to be saved by or from. And then there's also the a Daily Planet news truck that looks like it's one of those big trucks delivering the paper to all the newsstands and to the newsboys. It's a pretty cool ad. The next uh, next ad in number three is it's for MPC car uh, car models. If you get enough golden token golden wheel tokens, you can actually. F- uh, earn free model kits. Yeah, I'm not much of a model kit guy myself. Uh, next up, we have the Fun Factory Super Gifts and Gimmicks ad, which have things like uh, the Pocket Spy Scope, a Mini Spy Camera, a Joy Buzzer, a uh, Bald Wig, a Shock Book, a Spud Gun, a Phony Arm Cast, a Werewolf Mask. I'm sure that looked real. Uh, no tear sugar, black soap, foaming sugar, an exploding pen, red hot pepper gum, a whoopee cushion, you know, all those things, a fake chicken, all those things that you can use to prank your friends. Yeah. Uh, the next ad page is a Hostess Cupcake ad featuring Hawkman in... Makes a safe land. Oh no, wait, that doesn't sound good at all. Hawkman makes a safe landing, and the narration is It's a perfect morning for a skydive and for flying. But suddenly, an anguished cry rings out My chute, it's not opening! 
The air resounds with the frenzied beating of powerful wings. Gotcha. Hawkman, you've saved me and the Hostess Cupcakes, and I'm ready for some right now. And then you got about five different guys going, Me too, chocolatey cake, fudgy icing, cream filled. Thanks for the rescue, Hawkman. Forget it. Just enjoy your Hostess Cupcakes. And you get a big delight in every bite of Hostess Cupcakes. Eh, that's not a bad one. It's very short. Uh, it's actually not super duper corny. The art by Kurt Swan's not bad. I actually like this one. Weird. The next ad page is a, is a full page ad for Superman Family number 200, which I actually covered on an episode of Superman of the Bronze Age. And it actually is a flash-forward imaginary story set in the future at the 17th wedding anniversary of Clark Kent and Lois Lane, roughly the turn of the century, about 20 years. You meet Planet Editor Jimmy White. Jimmy White. You meet Planet Editor Jimmy Olsen, Governor Linda Danvers, who is Superwoman, and a new member of the family, which is their daughter, Clark and Lois's daughter. And yeah, it's actually a pretty good story, multi-part. It's all... It's all one big story, but each chapter focuses on a different character. It's, it's, it's fun. I highly recommend it if you don't already have it. Uh, these days, you can get the Sea Monkeys for a buck twenty-five plus postage. There's a two-page spread ad for the movie 1941, which I believe bombed terribly. But it had Ned Beatty, who Superman fans will know as Otis from Superman's 1 and 2. It has some pretty popular people, too. I mean, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, Christopher Lee, Robert Stack. Screenplay by Robert Zemeckis, Zemeckis and Bob Gale. How did this fit? Music by John Williams. I must be confusing this. This 1941, it couldn't have bombed. Could it have? Anyway, next page is a full-page ad. For the latest issue of Green Lantern, startling science fiction every month. And it looks like, uh, looks like the cover they're showing has him going up against the Sinister Shark. But then the little image next to the comic has him, it looks like he's fighting a couple of Manhunter robots. The other cover, the other comic they're showing off is The Warlord. Savage sword and sorcery in the pages of The Warlord, where he's fighting a giant crow, black bird of some kind. He's also fighting it in the little image next to the comic, but in that image, the bird looks more like a shadow than an actual bird, like it's some kind of demonic, thing. I don't know. Anyway, apparently these are the greatest, and DC is where the action keeps on coming. The next ad page, you get the top half is for trying to get kids to sell grit. And the bottom half tells you about the new Adventure Comics, because you demanded it. Extra all-new action with the pliable Plastic Man, the star of Saturday Morning Cartoons. From out of the pages of DC Comics comes the world's newest and greatest superhero, Plastic Man. He can spring. He can stretch. He can fly. He can bounce. He can change his shape. And he can even dance. Each week, Plastic Man will face the world's greatest collection of villains. <laughs> There's 
There's action. There's comedy. There's danger. There's Penny. There's bad luck, Hula. There's plenty for everybody on the Plastic Man Comedy Adventure Show. Eat your heart out, Eight Man. Plus, a new version of Starman begins here. I think that's by Steve Ditko, too. It's on sale throughout the cosmos on December 20th. You have been warned. If you miss it, you'll have no one but yourself to blame. The next page is a full ad page. Now, see, this this one has always thrown me off because it's, I believe it's supposed to be Superman, but it's drawn by Kurt Schaffenberger, so he looks Superboy-ish in this image. Maybe it is Superboy. I don't know. Anyway, it's super or special super savings offer. When you buy any of these magazines at the newsstand, you will pay $4 for 10 issues. But if you subscribe to the comics, you'll pay $4 for 12 issues. That's like getting two issues free. It's an offer you can't refuse. Thank you, Superman or boy. That's very helpful. Uh, apparently, the comics in question are Superman, Action Comics, and DC Comics Presents, which leads me to believe that this is supposed to be Superman, not Superboy. They actually show tiny little covers of actual issues of Superman, Action, and DC Comics Presents, I could not even begin to tell you what they are because the print quality is not that good. All I can tell you is that the DC Comics Presents is an issue where Superman is teaming up with Green Arrow. So there's that. Uh, the next page is a hodgepodge ad, or the next ad page is a hodgepodge ad, hodgepodge ad uh, selling comic books at a bunch of different places. Uh, get real petrified wood. Why would you want to buy petrified wood? But whatever. Pen pals. If you want to be a pen pal, uh, chemical light sticks, you can get your high school diploma, an atlas body. The bottom third of it, though, or actually the bottom quarter, is the superstars of comics are superstars of TV, too. Don't miss any of the DC heroes in animated action. On ABC TV, you get Super Friends. On CBS TV, you get Batman, which would be the, I believe, the new adventures of Batman and Robin where it looks like the 60s cartoon by Filmation because it's still by Filmation, except they reversed the colors of the R on Robert Robin's suit, and they actually got Adam West and Burt Ward to come back to voice Batman and Robin, respectively. It also has a lot of Batgirl and Batmite, so that's kind of sad. And then over on, AT, on ABC, again, we have Plastic Man! So that's kind of cool. The next ad page is a for the Superstar Holiday Special. Stuff your stocking with excitement. Five fantastic features featuring Batman, Superboy, and the Legion of Superheroes. Uh, Jonah Hex, Sergeant Rock, and of course, uh, the uh, one of the scary books. Is it House of Mystery? Maybe? I don't remember. With 12, 12 tremendous talents, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise be his name, Frank Miller, Dick Giordano, Paul Levitz, Robert Kaniger, Denny O'Neill, Dan Atkins, Robert, or Michael Fleischer, Dick Ayers, Bob Rosakis, Romeo Tengal, Steve Mitchell, join the world's greatest heroes in, a, in quest of a dream. On sale everywhere December 6th, which would have been about three weeks ago by the time this comic came out. Uh, Dave Weeder and I actually covered an 
the Superboy and the Legion story in in this on a Christmas episode of Super, Superman in the Bronze Age. A lot of crossover this time. Well, of course, I am covering a Superman book. Or Superboy, anyway. All right. Uh, at the back, we have the Superboy quiz. I'm not going to go through this whole thing. Because that would be ridiculous and would waste a lot of time. But someone, probably E. Nelson Bridwell, came up with 30 questions about Superboy. And also included the answers upside down. So you don't even have to wait to see for a future issue. You have all the answers right here. I am not going to go through everything. Just know that it's here. And maybe I'll do something with that at some other point. And then the next page is the Daily Planet page. I love these. Uh, over in JLA, we have transformations baffled the JLA. Foes of superheroes changed into bizarre figures. Aquaman battles whale killers. The Atom foils kidnappers. Green Arrow and Black Canary infiltrate a congress of violence-prone motorcyclists. And Batman and Superman flays facing blazing doom at Gotham Airport. A variety of minor cases for the members of the Justice League, you say? They might well be. But for the bizarre transformations taking place in each instance, pitting the world's greatest superheroes against deadly, mysterious foes. What is the secret of the graveyard gambit? And who is the mysterious villain working behind the scenes? And what superhero makes a surprise reappearance in this Jerry Conway, Dick Dillon, Frank McLaughlin tale? You'll find all the answers in Justice League 177 when it goes on sale the week of January 7th. That's right. Uh, more Civil War stuff over in Jonah Hex. Direct Currents tells you about the current issues coming out. Apparently, Superman and Green Arrow team up in DC Comics Presents number 20, which could very well be the cover that they had on that ad I told you about. Yeah. Oh, and it's got Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise be his name, Art, although it's inked by Joe Gaiella, so you probably can't tell too much. Darn. Anyway, and then, of course, you have Ask the Answer Man, and several questions about this, too. Apparently... In 1980, or at the end of 1979, Superman 64 was worth about eight bucks in good condition. And then there's a Hembeck ad featuring the Bizarros. And then you have a ad for 132 Roman soldiers for 2.98. And then the inside back cover is for more uh, model kits from Monogram this time, including planes, cars, uh, a space shuttle, that kind of thing. And then the back cover ad is an ad for Star Trek, the motion picture. The human adventure is just beginning. It's a pretty cool one. It's the uh, rainbow lights coming off of, looks like they're, almost looks like they're coming off of the Enterprise with the faces of Kirk and Spock and, oh, forgive me, Star Trek fans, but the bald lady. And, uh, yeah, you can kind of see the Enterprise. It looks like it's got other light glinting off of it. It's kind of cool looking. Over in the other issue, uh, you get the Corgi Cars ad. You get another Hostess ad, this time featuring Green Arrow in an Arrow in Time. You see a cable car where the cables are breaking. Fortunately, Green Arrow just happens to be on the scene, despite there being no obvious way that he could be up there. And he says, the cables, the tram will fall. No wonder the kids are scared. I would be too. One job at a time. First, a few wraparound grappling arrows. They'll hold the cable car temporarily. Next, something to keep the kids' minds off the cable cars. And he shoots a couple of arrows 
that also carry Hostess fruit pies. Three of the kids are excited about this. Wow, Hostess fruit pies. Mine's apple, light, tender crust, real fruit filling. This one's cherry. Hostess fruit pies are almost as much fun as being rescued by Green Arrow. Thanks for the rescue, Green Arrow. And thanks for the Hostess fruit pies. Glad my efforts were on target. You get a big delight in every bite of Hostess fruit pies. Eh, it's fun. Apparently, Swan was drew this one too, evidently, and it looks like he had fun with the girls. Uh, the one little girl that's eating the uh, unnamed kind of pie uh, looks kind of like Lana in the Superman comics, and then the girl that's talking to Green Arrow, thanking him for the fruit pies, actually looks a little bit like Lois. Interesting. The next ad page is for Hubba Bubba Bubblegum that shows you the proper way to do it. And apparently this is uh, no, makes no stick bubbles, so you can blow them, it'll pop in your face, and it'll come off pretty easy. Yeah, and it also shows you the proper stance, which is basically like you're getting ready to go take in a shootout with your bell bottoms on. Size is not important. You can accept no substitutes. It's soft, juicy, delicious, big bubbles. No troubles from Hubba Bubble Bubblegum. Uh, the next ad page is for more gum, Fruit Stripes Gum. And it has a nice maze get, taking you all the way through with a bunch of questions. I, are these riddles? They're just questions. You can get regular and bubble gum, Fruit Stripe Gum, which means Fruit Stripe Fun, by the way. Another That Fun Factory Super Gifts and Gimmicks ad is back. So we'll just skip along. Sea monkeys are still a buck twenty-five. The next full ad page is a house ad for the uh, the best of D DC Blue Ribbon Digest. One hundred and thirty-two winning pages. The year's best comic stories. Ten plus four plus one hundred and thirty-two plus ninety-five equals the or equals the numbers that add up to the year's best buying comics. Ten top stories of nineteen seventy-nine. Four best covers of the year, 132 pages, 95 cents. And if that isn't enough, don't dare miss the classic adventures of Flash and his friends, which apparently is another Blue Ribbon Digest coming out that same time on February 14th. So if you need a good present for Valentine's Day, you know, you can get these tiny comics. I like the covers. I, well, I don't, I, honestly, I don't know if this is the actual cover for the Flash one, but the year's best comic one is awesome. I mean, it's got a collection of just about all the heroes and villains. Oh, no villains. All the heroes that DC was publishing, all done by Ross Andrew and Dick Giordano. We're talking the Wonder Twins, where you see Lois and Jimmy, Black Lightning, Hawkman, Batgirl, Elongated Man, with his neck down in front. Uh, I guess that's supposed to be Aquaman back in the back. Uh, with Green Arrow and Black Canary next to Warlord. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. I like it. Anyway, the next is where you can uh, buy your, your own, fly your own giant flying model plane. You can get the L1011 TriStar plane, the Douglas DC-10, and the Sky Scout. Plus a special bonus offer. 12 2-inch scale models of historic America aircraft, all 12, only a dollar. It looks like the Wright Brothers' first plane and some other old planes. That's kind of, yeah. Next is a house, another house ad page. Now, have you ever wondered 
what DC stands for? It's the initials of the very first monthly all-new comic book, and now Detective Comics scores another first as the first monthly dollar comic. The comic with something special in every issue. Beginning in May, or actually beginning on February 28th with the May cover, May cover dated issue, the new Black Lightning. And in the April issue, as an extra bonus with The Atom. Five or more thrillers every month starring Batman, Robin, Batgirl, Human Target, Black Lightning, and extra features. So, there's that. Nice covers. Well, from what you can see. Uh, let's see. Next is the HodgePodge ad. Again, with the bottom quarter of it with the ad about the Super Friends, Batman, and now Plastic Man being on TV. The next is another full-page ad featuring three big books from DC. A Legion of Heroes in the World's Finest Adventures. Will Starman's first mission also be his last? Plus, Saturday Morning Superstar Plastic Man in Adventure Comics. Must the Legion kill to survive in the Legion of Superheroes on sale January 24th? And can Superman and Batman solve the secret of the P.I. Mason Man in time? In World's Finest Comics on sale January 10th, featuring Green Arrow, Hawkman, Shazam, and Aquaman. Moving right along, we get another ad this time. Uh, the top half is grit, but the bottom half is for Time Warp. Journey to the Outer Realms of the Unknown, if you dare. Issue number four is on sale January 24th. That is a weird-looking cover. We're just going to move along. Uh, next up, we get that same, is it Superman or Superboy ad for the Superman comics. Man, it must be nice. Twelve issues of a comic for four bucks. Jeez. Uh, next, uh, we instead of a letters page, because we're only on the fourth issue, so I bet you the letters start the next issue. Uh, this pay this time instead of a quiz, we get Superboy Family, and basically, this kind of goes over a, a lot of the background characters that you see in the in each in the Superboy stories. Obviously, you already know about Superboy and Clark. This introduces you to like Lana and her dad. Um, Let's see, and, and a little bit about Lana's family, Professor Potter, uh, it's Jonathan Kent's two brothers, uh, Chief Parker, uh, some of the schoolmates besides Lana, there's Pete Ross and Bash Bashford and Lucy Draper, and of course Lex Luthor, and other villains such as Mr. Mixes Pitalik, and the Kryptonite Kid, and Phantom Zone villains, Largan of uh, Monel, yeah, and the fact that you know Superboy also works with the Legion of Superheroes. Next up, we have the DC feature page instead of the Daily Planet. Uh, you get an extra sized Ask the Answer Man column and information of what is on the comics bookshelf. Beginning with this feature page, we will be devoting space to reviewing books about comics from time to time. So this one is about Crawford's Encyclopedia of Comic Books, which you can buy for $19.99 and with 438 pages. And yeah, it's kind of a review by Bob Rosakis. Uh, and apparently he's not a huge fan of it. 
Uh, next up, you can get a 100-piece toy soldier set for a buck seventy-five, made of durable plastic, each with its own base. In other words, army men. Inside back cover is a black and white cover uh, with those prizes for... You can earn prizes or cash, basically sell cards and gifts. It's kind of a fundraiser type thing. You know, you can get things like uh, wrist radio, uh, AM, FM, digital clock radio, a electronic football game, a race, a car, a little car racing track. I used to love those when I was a kid. Stereo record player, a solid state portable TV, a cassette recorder player, uh, roller skates, a guitar, model airplane, a soccer ball, a hair dryer, because you always need one of those. A camera. An instant camera by Kodak. Ooh. Telescope. An 8-track player with an AM-FM radio. Ooh. A Coleco Telestar video game. And other fun things. And the back ad is another monogram ads page. This one for SnapTight, which... Uh, creates this huge-looking semi-truck, which actually looks pretty realistic in this Im image. I don't know how it looks if you actually try to put it together yourself. I well, now I have tried models kits. They never look anywhere near as good as they do on the uh, box. So, yeah. Well, I could go ahead and look at other comics that came out that month, but eh, I, just, I don't think I'm going to do that because, first of all, that's two different months you got to cover. And by you, I mean me. And also, there's a lot of comics that came out those two months. And this isn't a this isn't that kind of a show. We're not doing an index of anything. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank you all for listening. I hope everyone is doing well. Uh, please make sure that if you need to buy anything off of Amazon, please go over to the 2TrueFreaks.com website and use the Amazon link on the website. You don't have to buy anything specific, but if you go through that link, whenever you do buy something, uh, it sends a little bit of money back to the back to the freaks, and it allows us to keep the shows going for longer, and it really helps us out. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, that would be great. Um, and make sure you go to 2 True Freaks and listen to all the other great shows that are on there. There's so many shows, I'm sure you're going to find something that you like, even if you don't like whatever I'm talking about. Because there's comics, Star Wars, Star Trek, oh, Disney, anime, Doctor Who, all sorts of stuff. So make sure you go check that out if you want to check out other geekery things. And uh, I will talk to you all later. You have a good day. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Charlie's GeekCast. You can find the show at 2TrueFreaks.com and at charliesgeekcast.com where you can find enhanced show notes that include extra images and or video links. You can also follow the show by joining the Facebook group. Just search for Charlie's GeekCast. Also, you can follow me on Facebook or you can find me on Twitter at SuperChuck1980 or OrangeRanger198. Charlie's GeekCast is an I Don't Have a Fake Company name production. All images, music, and sound clips are copyright their respective copyright holders. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of Charlie's Geekcast. Thank you for listening, and God bless.